Hello everybody and welcome to Two Geeks and One Noob, where we gather friends of similar interests and maybe not so similar and discuss, joke, learn more about, and generally have fun with geek culture. Today we have our very first guest star. Welcome to the show, our DM extraordinaire, Blake. Hello. What's going on, Blake? Uh, not too much, you know, uh, waiting for our next session, actually. Yes. <laughs> we're we're going to be skipping a week, I believe, which breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to suck. Yeah, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, DM is actually uh, abbreviation for Dungeon Master. Yes. Uh, that is for Dungeons and Dragons, which is our topic for this week. And uh, I love D&D. I just got into it a few months ago and have been enjoying every minute. So, You're today we're going to talk about everything we love and hate about no, just everything we love, because we, we don't hate anything about D&D. Oh, you haven't been playing it long enough. There, there are definitely things to hate about D&D. <laughs> Sometimes there, that's, it's that's the why there's a, What's that? Nothing. <laughs> that's, that's I heard why, that. That's why there's a saying that goes around, no D&D is better than bad D&D. Yeah, yeah. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> I have not had a bad experience yet, except for the D&D railment, so... <laughs> <laughs> which happens a lot but it's usually pretty fun so oh yeah i mean anytime you get a group of good friends together and you start trying to focus on one topic your conversation and brains go everywhere oh yeah kind of like us preparing for this recording session <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had about half an hour of just talking about nothing <laughs> i mean goofing off it's always fun <laughs> wait you mean we're recording an episode of seinfeld yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I've actually never seen an episode of Seinfeld. Lucky you. Yeah, so mm. I've been told. Yeah, it's a it's a show about nothing. So, <laughs> so I've been told. <laughs> yeah. Right. So D and D. Yeah. So D and D. Uh. So David and I and Blake all play D and D, but Caleb has not played very much D and D at all, if any. <laughs> By not much, he means nothing. <laughs> like, I have not played at all. It's just, it's not one that's ever really gotten my attention. Like, I've seen my old roommate play it pretty regularly back when uh, we were in the rent house. So, like, I'm familiar with it. I've listened in on things here and there, but there's just never been enough to, like, get me to want to sit down and play. Yeah. Even if it's just a bunch of friends hanging out and... And Matt. And Matt. Oh, poor Matt. No. No, I did that solely because he listens to this. <laughs> we love you, Matt. Matt's going to be sitting there listening to this like, really? Screw you, Blake. I mean, he lives right next to me. He can tell me to my face. <laughs> he definitely will. <laughs> oh, man. So... Uh, I will have a question for both of you guys uh, that do play. Um, actually, I do have a question. So, what is so far? And I'll ask David first because you haven't been pl- you've been playing about as much as I have. Yep. Um, or as long as I have, I should say. Only about two, three weeks longer than you. Have. Yeah. Uh, ish. Roughly around the same amount of time. Yeah, I, I've tried a couple upstart campaigns, and okay, it kind of falls back into your original story of. No D and D is better than bad D and D. Yeah. So my question to you is, what is your favorite part about it so far? It's getting to sit around the table with a bunch of friends. Honestly. Yeah. 
Well, like, I mean, about the gameplay itself, though. Like, what what would, about the gameplay itself, would you say is your favorite part about it? The fact that there really aren't many visual aids, it's funny because you're all sitting around hearing the exact same thing mm-hmm. and the exact same movements, and yet each person there has their own image of what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to, hear, and to hear someone retell, someone from your own table retell a story from the campaign, it's like that's not what. Oh yeah, I guess I could see that. Yeah. And it's kind of fun just to hear how their mind works. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's definitely a really cool part about it. I love how each person has their own perspective on what they see in the game. Yeah. In, in that same vein, it's also really fun when several people who were there, one of them starts telling the story, and then they all jump in and they're telling it the exact same way. And me as the dungeon master, that to me is like really great because I get to look at that and go, oh, I did my job really well because they all had this very vivid image of what happened and they all remember it exactly the same way. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I could definitely see that as a dungeon master being like, I have done my job, like Mm -hmm. to the best of my ability. and It worked. (laughs) But I think think the most rewarding thing is... uh, when when something happens at the table and everybody's just like so excited and it's been building up to this thing and then like it happened with that uh currently i'm running uh icewind dale the rhyme of the frost maiden uh for these guys not caleb (laughs) 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 and uh they they did the the intro quest you know a little bit later than normal and they were hunting down this this murderer and when they finally actually killed him because he he regenerates and stuff and they actually killed him like the entire table just burst into these like cheers and high fives and i just kind of got to sit back and like whoo nobody died and they all had fun like good (laughs) session (laughs) yes i remember that very clearly it was my first kill Mm -hmm. and it was glorious come to think of it i think it was one of the last sessions we had where there was where we played more than two hours in our five hour session oh yeah yeah probably that that one went very very late too oh yeah it was so great though so blake what was uh your favorite part of uh of dnd gaming so are we talking specifically about the campaign that we're currently running or uh, not like necessarily. as a whole? Well, like you could go from uh, the perspective of a DM and a, like or the player. Or, yeah, because like, and or the player. I've I've done a significant amount of both. I've I've DM'd more than I've been a player. Um, so I I think that there's like a special like place in my heart for when I actually get to be a player. But I do prefer to DM. Um, I think that my favorite thing um, that I've come across was um, as a DM or as, like as a DM okay. as a DM was was just I, I ran this homebrew campaign for like four years and watching these characters go from this very like dysfunctional group of morons that didn't know how to get along with each other to like really like finding out who they were like watching the characters take on a life of their own and then like go out and form like friendships and stuff with the npcs that like i had put into this town um like for example one of one of my players like really latched on to this like drunken monk that was in the town um and and just was like yeah this is my confidant this is the guy that like i've confessed all of my sins to like he knows everything about me and if anything ever happens to him like i will kill everybody in this party <laughs> and uh, he he could do it too um so it's a little uh, bit like me and worm 
Yeah, kind of like you and Worm, which okay. is my favorite character I've ever made, um, both as an NPC that's just a random salesman or as like a, a character that I've gotten to play as. Um, he's just adorable and an absolute moron and hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part about him was when he was a salesman and like <laughs> he just thought everything was swords. Yeah, everything I, was. I have this one sword that um, if you drink it, it cures the injuries that other swords happen. And I have this other sword that's a big flat metal one that can block other swords from hitting you. <laughs> Everything's a sword if you try hard enough. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's, he's a kobold, by the way, and does not understand what topside society is. So he's just selling random trash that he's found and thinks everything is a sword. And it's wonderful. Nice. Um, yeah, so, like, I think very much so on the same vein as that, for me, one of my favorite parts is the fact that, like, you can watch a character go from one one thing and just completely change over a certain amount of time or mm -hmm. just a certain amount of sessions where, like, the the character secrets come out or mm -hmm. the, you know he's completely against uh, uh being a part of a family but then all of a sudden you know he just finds that niche that he was like oh i i finally love these people or you know things like that like that hasn't quite happened since i've been playing yet mm -hmm. but i've seen it in the, some of the uh uh episodes that i've watched of certain things like critical role or or things like that mm -hmm. um about to say are you uh you you projecting there a little bit there, <laughs> <laughs> well no it's it's something that i'm looking forward to in in our sessions is like like i i have this way of playing my character of like uh i'm a i'm a wood elf ranger mm -hmm. named lilander and like right now he's just kind of not quite sure who he is at the moment he's been raised by yetis but he's trying to be you know in this group of people that are just kind of misfits and more dysfunctional than he is <laughs> <laughs> i right. resemble that remark <laughs> yeah you do <laughs> but it's just so fun to see the the difference in how it could be you know and how it is right now so that's just one of my favorite parts so gotcha um yeah so caleb what, <laughs> what is it about dnd &D that is just like it's just not interesting to you or what would make you interested in playing it, I don't, it's just one of those things that i've just never really gotten into i've watched my old roommate play it plenty of times with uh, various friends of his because he did weekly sessions on Friday nights back when we were rooming together. So like I sat in and listened to different things. And for me, it's one of those things that's amusing to watch, but there's just no interest in actually participating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like I fully appreciate it. I know that it's got a great following and that there's some really cool things being done mm -hmm. and knowing Blake's personality and his sense of humor and everything. I know that he's putting together some fun stuff, just like my old roommate was, uh, and knowing how similar they are with the ability on voices. <laughs> so I'm sure that there's plenty of, uh, fun stuff that they put together, but 
I can't really put my finger on one specific thing. There's just not that interest that I'm like, yeah, I'll sit down and play that. Yeah. So, like, is there something that you could see that would be, like, okay, that that interests me enough to, like, at least try it? Honestly, not that I can no. think of. Yeah, like, okay. right. <laughs> especially if we're sitting down to play games, it's either wanting to play, like, video games or board games like Dice Throne. Mm-hmm. Something that I can actually, like, a tangible thing that I can goof around with and, like, yeah. look around and figure things out. Um and just like actually having like the, I don't know. Yeah. Like I can't really think of anything. I've thought about it, especially when we were preparing for this episode, just like, what is, is there anything that would make me like want to play this? And I just, I can't put my finger on anything. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say that, um, not every group is for every person. I, I do believe that D and D is flexible and, and moldable enough to where anybody could play in the proper campaign or with the proper DM and have a really good time. Um, and um, just not not everybody is going to click with every group, you know. Um, maybe it's maybe it's the specific setting um, that you didn't enjoy, or maybe it's it's you know this was a very role play heavy group, and you're more of a what's what's colloquial no words known as the beer and pretzels kind of group where you have a big a big dungeon map Mm. and you know you're you know moving grid by grid you know clearing out rooms avoiding traps stuff like that maybe that's more your style where it does feel more like a board game than a role-playing game Um, because i know that one of the things that turns people like a lot of people off to DD is the actual role play aspect of it where the dm describes the scene and it's like okay guys what do you want to do and they're just Mm -hmm. like wait what do you mean like whose turn is it and i'm like no it's nobody's turn yeah what do you want to do and i do think that's like one of the biggest things for me because like while i'm fairly quick on my feet with most things and i can put together a strategy for games it's actually having that stuff there as opposed to like in D and D, when like you said, you have this NPC that pops up and you interact with them, it's just like well, I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> you say whatever you want, yeah. and that's the thing too is like with the way we've played and 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 stuff like that. I've been the same way where I've been like I have no clue what to say, but somehow what I did say worked out <laughs> because we had this one uh, session where we were going up against a bunch of kobolds. And they had taken some some iron ingots from oh that from was the go- that was goblins, goblins but oh goblins I'm sorry goblins, um but yeah so like we were going up to them and I was fully expecting a, a ginormous fight because there was a ton of them. <laughs> and goblins are pack animals it would not have been a fight <laughs> it would have been a speed bag massacre <laughs> yeah. but of us yeah uh, yeah we would have we would have totally died. Because Blake knows how to play goblins. Um, <laughs> but for some reason, the guys put me in charge of talking to them. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so uh, the what par- do you want? <laughs> the party has a bard, by the way, which is the charisma class and negotiator. And for some reason, they shoved the ranger. <laughs> because the ranger is the most normal looking of all of us. <laughs> They're goblins. They think all of you look weird. <laughs> the bard would have just seduced the goblins anyway. Let's be real. <laughs> no, no, not no, this bard. Not me. Yeah, no. This this bard is a stay in the back and and 
throw a, a... I'm trying to change that. The, well, right now, what you're doing is you stay in the back and you throw psychic things at people. Yeah. And that's that's totally fine. That's yeah. If you want to play it that way, that's how you play the game. Because honestly, yeah, right now awesome. I'm playing more of the race rather than the class. Yeah. Right. There's there's no wrong way to play D&D. And there's no yeah. wrong way to play a, uh, an illithid bard, which is a character that doesn't technically exist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, I, I do definitely allow a lot more homebrew than... Uh, some DMs will allow because like uh, you you were wanting to join into one of the other campaigns that a friend of mine is running and uh, he he pitched this character idea. He was like, yeah, I want to play a Mind Flayer bar. And he was like, no. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, Mind Flayer, no, not allowed. And I was like, yeah, but he's he's a little bit more restrictive with races than I am. Like you can play what's in the player's handbook. And he was like, oh, oh well, I don't have another character. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> <laughs> whereas for me i've i've made two characters for like i've made one character for this campaign another character for another campaign and for the last like couple weeks i've been making character after character after character after character <laughs> one thing's just once, trying to make as much different kind of characters as i possibly can once you get started making goofy characters it becomes a little <laughs> addictive and like if i were to show you my list of the amount of just characters that i have some of which that i use for you know just random npcs that like i don't even use their stat block they're just i just use their personality mm -hmm. and then some of which that i've actually gotten to use in one shots and people are like where did you come up with that i'm like i don't know i have a weird brain and a lot of free time <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's awesome though i mean like with the little amount of of D, &D exposure i have and one of them is critical role and matt mercer mm-hmm I mean, he's a phenomenal DM. Um, yeah, that's a big he, one. And, I mean, he comes up with with so much. But, like, coming back and playing D&D uh, &D with you, Blake, is just like, this is still awesome. <laughs> like, I love playing this because it, it, you have such a creative mind and, like, you make it you make it fun for us to, to explore this world. <laughs> Thank you. I'm oh. definitely no Matt Mercer, but I definitely appreciate the uh, the, the praise. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing up heart bubbles. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's it's so fun for me because of. I mean, I've I've always had this theatrical mind, um, mm -hmm. and I never got a chance to hone it. Mm -hmm. um, I used to love being in church plays and stuff like that. And, yes. <laughs> but now I get to be in a play every Friday night, Yeah, <laughs> you know, or, you know, whenever we, well, you get to every Friday because you joined the other campaign right. yeah. uh, <laughs> that my sister is actually running <laughs> Yeah, and, and you actually get to sit down with me as another player at the table and, which is fun too, because I get to watch you be a, like a DM player almost because you, 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 um, you explain your like the way you play as almost like a DM would, but as a player. And and you definitely get to watch me hide my oh crap faces when we come across because I've read the entire monster manual and Morden oh, Canins and Volos <laughs> and then I've read all of the the extra like Kobold Press supplements that have all these crazy monsters in it. So my sister she she uses all of my books, and so uh, we'll we'll come across something. 
and she'll be describing what it looks like and my face just goes to this like absolute object horror at what we're about to have to do and everybody's like we got this and I'm just like yeah and she's like do you know what this is and I'm like yes I know what this is and she's like are you going to meta knowledge this no I'm not my character does not know what this is I know it's immune to necrotic damage but I got a lot of spells that do necrotic damage and they're kind of his go to so this is going to be a rough one, guys. <laughs> of course, of course, don't I don't have... say that in game. I right. wait until afterwards, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I was useless. No, you had really high damage output. My numbers were big, but its immunity negates all of it. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad we don't have a monk in our party that is able to uh, extract aspects. <laughs> Why don't you say that? <laughs> Yes. Debating my next character was gonna be a monk. <laughs> nice. I've been I've been teetering on on uh, making a monk, but if you make one, <coughs> go for it because I, I I want a monk in the party. <laughs> hey, His name will just monkeys. be E. <laughs> His name will just be E. Monk E. Yep. Yep. <laughs> not not Gyatsu. <laughs> oh. See, that's what I thought too. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Let's hear more from our noob. He's been awfully <laughs> quiet. That's because there's not a whole lot I can contribute to this one. Like just listening in and seeing what I can. Well, yeah, but we love you, Dad, and think. we like to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, Kevin, do you have any questions about D&D, the general process, the layout? Not really, thanks to the um, the few games that I watched with the old roommates. Like, I'm, I've got, a, like, an adequate level of knowledge on just the things that I've observed. Like it's going to be pretty surface level since I wasn't actually playing and like making any decisions and whatnot. But like, I mean, I've seen a few different groups go through the process and it always looks interesting just watching them either do things or watching the DM get to that point. It's like, all right, no, you're annoying me. Here's a mind flare. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's when you get the DM smile. Yeah, like in my. Uh, I, I have a T-shirt that has this like giant DM throwing dice down on these tiny little players, and it says, "When the DM smiles, it's too late." Yeah, <laughs> like there, my old roommate. He had a in one of the sessions he did. There was this guy that was particularly difficult to deal with because he just got on these like tangents and got this thought process where it's like once he thought about wanting to do something it was going to happen and if he screwed over the rest of the group Mm. so be it but he wasn't going to steer away from what he was wanting to do and so tyler my old roommate came up with this design where he's like all right like i'm gonna let him keep doing what he's doing i'm gonna warn him and like there's gonna be various stages but once he gets to that uh uh-oh point that's when the monster comes in and mm-hmm. it will only be attacking him because he hit the criteria to summon the monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Sadly, sadly, though, a lot of the times that type of approach doesn't actually fix the problem because most of the time the rest of the party will jump in and actually try to like pull his butt out of the fire. Like I've I did that before when I was fairly new to DMing and it, it actually just like the guy just kept doing it. And it, it didn't stop until, like, I pulled him aside and was like, look, dude, every single other player has, like, come to me and been like, hey, this is becoming a problem. Can you deal with this? And, like, I'm not the most, like, as abrasive as I, like, 
joke like yeah as i joke around to be like i'm not the most confrontational person and so like having four other players that are meeting up with me every single week to play this game and have fun and then have them all telling me like look dude this is this is becoming an issue like you need to go and do something about this and like i had to pull the guy aside and be like hey buddy because like he was my friend too so I had to pull him aside and like talk to him about like this type of behavior is really starting to frustrate everybody like and he was like well give me some examples and I gave him like 10 because I had just talked to the other players about it and and I had to tell him like this has to like this this can be a character development thing where your character learns to do better than this but it has to stop like mm. and if that means that we write you a whole new character so be it but like it it needs to end because if it keeps up and everybody else is miserable we will have to make a choice of you or the rest of the party and that's really going to suck yeah and thankfully in the situation that went with my old roommate <clears throat> the rest of the party was on the same page cuz they were getting tired of his crap too mm-hmm. and so when he was just like well well, the whole party can fight it if it does come after me, and the rest of them are like, no, you're on your own. <laughs> We're just going to let it eat you. <laughs> and he was like, well, what if I die? And they're like, well, then I guess you got to start a new character, but we're not helping you. Like, <laughs> yeah. So kind of uh, going back to basics of D&D, um, Blake, is there a way to kind of uh, explain the game in like a very basic way to people who don't know how to play? Like, I know there's some people that are that listen to this and, that, like, mm-hmm. they know nothing about D&D. So, like, explain it to them like they're five years old. <laughs> so, the way I always try to explain it for new players, um, and, and I'm going to use another nerd culture reference in this and, and go Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> nice. Um, they ask the supercomputer, what is the meaning to life, the universe, and everything? And it says 42. Mm-hmm. And 42 is some sort of numerical code that basically means whatever you want it to be. So what is D&D? It's really whatever you want it to be. So like you, you have a conversation with your DM beforehand and you talk about expectations mm-hmm. for the campaign. Now granted, the one that I'm running for you guys is a pre-written module. But we had a session zero and I talked to you all about like, hey, what kind of things do you want me to avoid in this? What kind of things do you think are going to be more interesting in this and we discussed it and and came to a conclusion of okay they want these kind of things and there's a whole bunch of side quests that you don't have to do so i just went through and was like okay well these have the themes that they like i'm gonna run these these have the themes that they said they don't really care for i'm just gonna ignore them and act like they don't exist Mm. um but as far as were you more asking like how do you play or kind of more like um like, for people who don't understand the idea of, like, um, like what the dice rolls actually do. Okay. Um, so, the dice rolls, um, they're, they're all representations of six different abilities. And uh, if you'd like, I can give you the tomato analogy on describing the abilities. <laughs> um, so, you have, you have strength, which is your ability to crush a tomato. Okay. You have dexterity, which is the ability to catch a tomato that's been thrown at your face. Um, you have constitution, which is your ability to swallow the tomato whole. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering where that was going to (laughs) go. You have, uh, you have intelligence, which is the knowledge of, uh, knowing that a tomato is a fruit, not a vegetable, 
Wisdom is knowing that you don't make a tomato-based fruit salad. And then the charisma is the ability to sell a tomato-based fruit salad. <laughs> Just market it as salsa. Exactly. Yeah, we found the go. bard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, shoot, I am. <laughs> so what, what each role is, um, basically what it's described as, is if this is something that a regular, normal human being could do with no problem... Don't make them roll for it unless they have, like, crazy negatives in that stat. So, like, if you're trying to walk across the floor, I'm not going to make you roll to, to walk 30 feet. Mm. Um, if you're trying to jump across a large chasm, you bet I'm going to make you roll athletics or acrobatics to try to make it to the other side. Yeah. And based on how far away the jump is, is how difficult the roll is going to be for you. Um which would be the, the DC, Yeah, the, the DC. That would be how I set the DC. So something simple, something that like is maybe a little bit more difficult than what normal people could do, I might set it at like a 5 to 10, mm -hmm. you know, because you have modifiers, you have better stats than the average human being does. Like, you're probably going to make it. But just in case, like for comedic purposes, in case you roll a critical failure, um, which don't at me, I know that you can't crit on skill checks. I run my own homebrew. <laughs> deal with it um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, because nat ones are just funny when they happen it's it's character building moments if you roll a nat one don't get upset at the dice don't like be sad or feel like your self insert got injured in some way just laugh it off flavor it yourself as something hilarious and then move on with the game like the dice have spoken the dice have spoken they giveth and they taketh away my favorite moments with my different characters that i've gotten to play as have all been critical fails like yes a nat 20 at the table in the middle of combat is great but the best moments i've ever had is when i roll a nat one and i go oh my gosh can i flavor this in a specific way and they're like Oh uh, yeah i guess so and then something ridiculous happens and the rest of the party gets in on it and it is now like a character trait. Yeah. Like the the warlock in, in the campaign that you're playing with me, uh, who's terrified of water because he's rolled like four nat ones trying to swim across a river <laughs> and has almost drowned like four times. And so now every time they're like, oh, well, there's like a moat that we could swim through and like try to sneak in. And he's just like, no. Yeah. We're going to have to find something else to do because I am not stepping foot in that water. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like the, the one that I did uh, not too long ago where I was running across ice with my character. And I, I think I rolled, it might not have been a, a nat one, but it was a um, it was really low. Mm -hmm. And we were just like, all right, well, I just slip on the ice, fall on my butt, and like everybody just starts laughing. <laughs> you know, no. Cue the laugh track. <laughs> Or the most recent time that you went into the water. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> where I almost died twice. <laughs> twice. Yeah. I mean, in Icewind Dale, falling into the water is pretty much hypothermia and death unless you have a way to dry yeah. yourself. Yeah, but this I, one I was the warm water. Yeah, I seem to recall oh, that water was geothermal. Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> that was that was the most frightening moment I've ever had as a DM. Yeah, I decided <laughs> out of curiosity though, but because of that, do we both get inspiration next session? <laughs> because I was trying to block that moment out because it scared me so bad. <laughs> it was pretty great. I mean, I jumped into a river, underwater river, and did in, not realize... In a cave. Yeah, in a cave. Did not realize and did not hear the DM say that it was a 
strong flowing river. <laughs> so I just jump in and thought I had failed my strength save and went plummeting towards a giant hole in the ground down to the Underdark. Thousands of feet below. <laughs> like it literally says, if they fail at the saving throw, they plummet thousands of feet below. This fall is death. Yeah. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I rolled really badly and then found out later that it was a, supposed to be a dex save. Yeah, that was that was my bad. Dexterity everybody save. was trying to save him. And when, when all attempts failed because everybody was just rolling trash, I was like, okay, I'm just going to read this out loud because it feels like such a cheap death. I'm going to read it out loud so that they know. <gasps> it's not a strength save. It's a dexterity save. And he has a high modifier. What did you roll? <laughs> And I had rolled just enough to get by. Yeah, you had passed so it by die. like you had passed it by two. <laughs> so luckily we got to retcon that a bit and and I didn't die. <laughs> Any but. aspiring DMs out there, read the paragraph multiple times before you start describing somebody's death. Um <laughs> Because the difference between a strength saving throw and a dexterity saving throw can be just enough so that they live. <laughs> <laughs> and that's for the DMs that actually like their players. Mm. Like Blake, who doesn't necessarily want us to die, but has fun doing it. <laughs> no, honestly, I've, I've had one player character death um, during playing, and I felt so terrible. Um, Especially because it was something that was so avoidable. Uh, they were they were fighting this creature called a frog hemoth. And it's this giant frog monster. And if it hits you with its bite attack, it automatically swallows you. <laughs> and while you're swallowed, you're blinded, you're restrained, and you start taking acid and bludgeoning damage because its stomach is just crushing you and killing you. Well, this one character was a ranger who mm. had specced his character to be really good with a bow. And this frog hemoth comes out of the water because they disturbed it and starts coming towards them. And for some reason, he decides to pull out his mace and try to engage this thing in melee combat. This thing is a massive monster. Like everything about this creature's artwork says, do not get within reach of me. And he runs up and melees it. And so on its three attacks during its turn, the first one, it swallows him. And nobody could get it out of, like, get him out of this thing's gullet. And mm. he, he just died in there. He didn't get to do anything in the combat. Mm. And I felt so terrible, especially because he was, he was pretty attached to his character. So he just, like, stood up at the table and just, like, ripped his character sheet up and threw it up in the air. And I was like, I'm so sorry, dude. Like, <sighs> I, like I'm not, I'm not going to fudge dice just to make you live because character death makes you a better player yeah mm. it's it's lessons learned it makes you think even more if, tactically yes it makes you think more tactically even if it sucks yeah it definitely made me think more tactically when i almost died <laughs> aspiring players out there um don't get too attached to your characters they will die <laughs> yeah that's one thing i've been trying to keep in my head is like the one i'm making for our second campaign which uh, is Curse of Strahd, which, by the yeah, way. Which Curse of Strahd. I'm I'm getting it <laughs> I'm getting attached to it just because of the backstory I'm making with my wife, who mm -hmm. is also in the campaign. Um so like it it's a really fun uh backstory that we're making together. And so I'm like, oh, if this one dies, 
I'm gonna be sad, but I'm gonna understand it. Especially because of the roles, like oh my gosh. you've been having with your roles. This character is a rogue and can't hide for you Beans. know what. <laughs> but yeah, which is its highest stat. But um, <laughs> so yeah. So I actually was wondering, what's y'all's least favorite part of D and D that you've experienced so far? Because me as a DM. I, I like to hear the praise because it puffs up my ego, and that's how we live. We just survive off of ego stroking. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for me to be better as a DM, I need to know what kinds of things you guys have encountered that you didn't like so that I can maybe try to avoid those types of things in the future. From from our current campaign, I can't think of anything really. Um, and even the last... DM I was under. Um, even then, it was just I was there as a one shot. I was I was a I was playing an NPC. As weird as that sounds, it probably makes perfect sense to you. I was a guest at the table hmm. uh, for just one session, but they rolled me into that particular part of the story. And before that, also did um, same DM actually. Hmm. Um, did a uh, one of the Star Wars tabletops. Mm. And even from that, like it, it, it was flat out enjoyable. I don't think I know enough to actually give valid criticism. Okay, that's mm. fair. It's kind of a cop out answer, but <laughs> <laughs> taking or, notes right there, I did everything perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> or to uh, put it more succinctly, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep my previously stated note. <laughs> what about you, Dan? Um, I think the only thing that has been... And it's not really anything that you do specifically. It's just... Um, I think the derailment is like... I enjoy it to a certain extent, but then mm -hmm. I kind of get to that point of like, okay... I want to get further in this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like it breaks that immersion so, a little bit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So like, I guess it would be up to you more so to rein it in. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's I think that's really the only thing I've I've been like, okay, that could be a little different. But everything else, like I said, like with the small amount of of D and D exposure that I have, I've enjoyed it immensely. So, <laughs> um. Both actually, both campaigns like I've mm -hmm. really enjoyed. Um, I mean, right now we're just in that one shot, um, yeah, on the second campaign, but um, but like overall, like the gameplay itself is good. The the role play, I think we could work on our role play a little bit. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Like, I, I, <laughs> I would love to get a little bit more immersed in our story like in our backgrounds and in our storyline. So if we can somehow bring in those those elements of it where mm -hmm. you know, I had talked to you previously about bringing in the yetis that I was uh uh raised by. Oh, they're coming. <laughs> I figured it was. There's plenty of yeti to go around in this campaign. Yeah. I figured as much oh. being ice windale. Um <laughs> I wonder what kind of yeah. monsters might be in the mountains. <laughs> In a completely frozen area. Yeah. Penguins. Probably fire giants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I mean, I think, again, like that that uh, aspect of it being um, 
like us all kind of working out our our characters themselves and mm-hmm. backstories and um just like bringing in that role play just a bit more where we're actually having conversations we're sitting in a tavern drinking and like having conversations rather than mm-hmm. just planning out our strategies being like okay so who are you you know mm-hmm. <laughs> well there's one thing that uh would would probably help you with a conversation similar to that and that's uh your character's backstory you are a folk hero in the town of lonelywood and we have not gone there yet yeah you guys are actually fairly close to lonelywood right now because you're in tourmaline and you're wrapping up a quest right now and like honestly if you go just a little bit north you're in lonelywood and like people there know you it's it's like cheers like (laughs) yeah nice I just aged myself. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. And you're the youngest one here. I know. <laughs> I, I will say that. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a little older because I have two kids. <laughs> you're, you're older in, in mental age, but not in physical age. No, I don't know. With my body falling apart, I might <laughs> well, that's be. True. I work, that is true. I work construction. I am dying at a just breakneck rate. <laughs> Oh, you know, similar vein. It's also kind of fun to see how we can interact with the NPCs. Oh, just remember fairly early on in the campaign, I think it was your first session joining our, our, our group. We had made a deal with a shopkeeper in one specific town that we would spread the word about his place for a discount. Mm. And that has not happened. Yeah. <laughs> no, it has. It has. The very next session. We're on a quest in another town altogether. My character, being psionic, can broadcast thoughts into someone's head. Right. <laughs> also, being a bard, <laughs> I composed a jingle and psionically put an earworm in her head. <laughs> yep. I remember. This is very true. So technically, that debt is paid, sir. <laughs> You, say, you even... advertise to one person. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an earworm. Uh, yeah, so it, it'll, exactly. it'll spread. Yeah. It will propagate. That sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, your character being an illithid, you know all about earworms. Y- yeah. <laughs> no, they're more eyeworms in that case. I mean, they just find an orifice in the head to just go through. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like good times. <laughs> I mean, mind flares. Yeah. <laughs> so, just an interesting point on on that particular species. Um, when you guys were first talking about that character, you were saying mind flare, and all I could think was it was a mind like like flare, like like a, a F L A. I are, I think it is like more like like shooting oh, off a flare. Yeah, like a flare, or like um, like doing something with flare. Mm-hmm. Then I look no. at then I look jazz at, hands. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I much. mean his character, yeah, a little bit, kind of, yeah, because you're a bard, yeah. But then I actually looked at how it's spelled. Oh well, yeah, and I was like, oh, it is a mind flayer. <laughs> yes. Yep. It flays the mind. Yes. (laughs) Okay, got it. Yes. And there, I I will say there's one thing that actually kept me somewhat interested in D&D, even during the breaks where I was like, yeah, I tried a session, it just, yeah. 
I wore him down, you guys. That too. I was uh, asking him over and over I, to come play D and D with us. <laughs> it, it, true story, and I will not deny, deny you that one. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did because it introduced it to me. So. True, very true. <laughs> but um, but a lot of the lore is really fascinating, and it's a lot of the creatures that I bring in are actually taken from real world folklore. Mm-hmm. They might be tweaked a little bit to work with the game mechanics, but by and large. A lot of it's pretty spot on to the actual lore. So you can be describing something that's like, huh, that sounds like a Celtic. Oh, shoot, that's a Celtic. (laughs) (laughs) If if we're familiar with any sort of lore, or be it folklore, mythology, whatever, and you start describing something from that specific thing, chances are, yeah, that's that specific thing. Just that's, in D and D world, right? That, that's one of my greatest strengths as a DM is because before I was ever into D and D, one of my favorite things to do was read different mythologies and lore on stuff, and and so when I started reading the monster manual for the first time, I was like, I already know what all these things are. Like half of the stuff in there, unless it was written specifically for D and D, such as the mind flayers or the beholders, like I knew what they were. And so, like, when, when I first, everybody was talking about, oh, the Tarrasque, it's this crazy, powerful monster in the monster manual. I was like, I know that story. I read that one time. And so I looked up the, the stat block for the Tarrasque. I was like, oh, this is different. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of the descriptions aren't even coming from the books. They're coming from me describing the character. Like, describing, what, about describing what I know about the thing. Like, granted, yes, I research it beforehand and make sure that in-world... They're the same, but I'll do my own description of it. And then I always kind of like side glance at David because I know that he's a lore geek like I am. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, he always gets this, this look where his eyes just get real wide. One eyebrow fish hooks upwards and his like mouth just drops down. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, he knows what that is. (laughs) (laughs) I was proud of myself that one time when you were describing a frost giant. And I was like, ooh, that's a frost giant. Not mm-hmm. in character, but I was saying it in myself yeah. to myself. And I'm like, yeah, that's a frost giant. And you were got you guys were like, you don't know what that is. I was like, not of everybody your character mm-hmm. might. <laughs> not of everybody your character yeah, might. Because you actually you actually grew up at Icewind Dale. Yeah. Whereas uh, David's character and Joel's character are both from space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Matt's character is literally two years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And acts like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guy's food. No, no friendly, stop. It just makes me think of King Shark from Suicide Squad. Nom nom. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit, yeah. Essentially, his one of his character flaws is he is entirely motivated by food. <laughs> yes. And he eats finger foods. Which is fingers. Actual that's Fingers. awesome. Yes. <laughs> yes. For those of you listening and saying, I don't know of a race that does that, it is yet another homebrew, thanks to the wonderful man uh, posting things on the DMs Guild, Christopher Zito. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> Credit words, too, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've bought several of his homebrew races because, in my experience, homebrew is very hit or miss, and his are pretty hit. <laughs> nice. So, um, on that note, though, kind of bringing things in from other other sources um one of the first things i heard about D was a lot of the controversies from like the 70s 80s and mm-hmm. maybe early 90s um and part of it was how heavily it relied on a lot of that um and 
Now, granted, a lot of the accusations were that it was not just fictional, that it was more in actuality, these things are happening. It's like, mm-hmm. it's it's fantasy, it's theater of the mind. Right, but because you're thinking it, therefore you're doing it. No. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you imagined a cult summoning a demon, and therefore you are trying to summon a demon. <laughs> right, but a lot of that can also be curtailed by just the DM and the characters saying, you know what, yeah, it's not for me. Yeah, I mean, even... even um, during that satanic scare like the demons and the devils and the the at the time they were called the daemons they were all written as very clear and obvious villains like yeah and 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 they got so nervous about like because people were like right like going crazy over like ah this is evil it's satanism all this different stuff that they literally changed the names of devils demons and daemons to uh, Tanari, Batizu, and Yugoloth. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. then, and then people were like, "Okay, that's fine." <laughs> what? So just don't call it what the Bible calls it. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> Sounds good. So, so yeah, it's fine. Call instead of a devil, it's a Batizu. That's that's perfectly okay. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's kind of funny how many different fandoms and things have had some sort of like, oh, this is satanic. No, it's Pokemon or it's D and D. Like, if Pokemon is enough to steer you towards Satan, there's other issues lying there. Yeah, I mean, growing up in in as a Christian and and very very conservative family, like I could see how certain things could be misconstrued and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like my parents were very much like, um, you know, if if it has magic in it. It's it's not exactly something you want to be going after. Mm-hmm. But then, like, we started watching Lord of the Rings and, and stuff like that. And I was like, well, this is this is fiction. This is something that is fantasy, something you can enjoy being a part of without immersing yourself in, like, doing these things as a real thing. It's no, it's fun. It's entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. movies. It's games. It's right. Dropping my microphone. (laughs) 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 Lovely. Good save. (laughs) But, like... Mike just pulled a trust fall there. (laughs) (laughs) Catch me! Um, (laughs) It's the pie from the ASDF movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it was a cake. Right. (laughs) The pie was the pie from... Pie flavored. Yes. <laughs> and the snozzberries taste like snozzberries. I'm a sheep. But yeah, anyway, it's like there, there's so much. Like, there is a, a line that you can cross, definitely. Of, oh, absolutely. Like, if you are playing DD and like thinking it's real, then yeah, there's a problem there. <laughs> but if you're playing DD solely and guarding your heart as as a Christian mm-hmm. of like, no, this is an entertainment. This is something I, I just, I play with my friends and just keep that separated. Then yeah, it's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. It's kind of funny too, the whole thought process behind it, because it's like, 
as kids, we were always told it's like we need to get out more. We need to read books. We need to do this or that. Use our imagination. And then when you start using your imagination, like, you're of Satan. I'm doing what you told me to do. <laughs> you're reading a book and using your imagination at the same time and socializing. And it's no, that's the devil. Yeah. <laughs> as an introvert, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, again, like the this game has turned me personally into somebody who can use their imagination as a a social, you know, as social outlet. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it it makes it makes me more confident in in my brain and my mm. the way my mind works mm-hmm. because um, you're actually using the muscle there yeah. like you're sitting there thinking of things outside of a normal way that you would think in everyday life and that provides you the ability to quick think quicker on your feet in actual life scenarios so yeah. like it's a good thing to just get that practice and kind of step out there and just think about things a little bit differently yeah, yeah i mean it, before i mean aside from make, coming up with a joke that led to me playing the character i'm playing now um working a very analytical job my creative my creativity was horrible <laughs> i mean yeah with a one-liner every here and there but as far as coming up with something somewhat new or a fresh spin on something that was shot so, I mean, very much what you were saying, like your imagination, your creativity, it's a muscle. You mm. have to work it. And this is the perfect excuse. It's going to a gym. Yeah. Mm. It's a mind gym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it's, it's, it's been a very good exercise for me. Like, same, same thing is, is I have a fairly, like, decently creative mind. But before this, I've never been able to put those ideas and stuff into actual, like, sentence that i can describe and then and and tell somebody else about so like i'll have this great idea and i'm like bro just such wow many many amaze like <laughs> is is wonderful i assure you and then you know getting into D and like no, no no i actually have to sit down and figure out how i'm going to describe what you're seeing because without the dm all of the players are blind Mm-hmm. So you walk into a tavern and it literally like in, in this book, they're pre-written taverns. But what's in it is this is the tavern's name. This is who owns it. They are this race. Figure it out. Wow. And so so I have to take that and describe like that 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 scene when you guys walked into that one tavern and like there were all these different people sitting around and like enjoying like this spit roasted meat and like having a good time and drinking and all this stuff because the previous night they had just had to sacrifice warmth and so like they're all in a really good mood right now and it's 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 great times but you know there's still this kind of heaviness in the air because the town is struggling yeah gotcha yeah it's it's such a crazy I'm still absolute <laughs> terrible at coming up with names on the spot, though. <laughs> oh, what's your name? Um, <laughs> Bob. Stir. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to add that to the notes of how to annoy our DM. <laughs> uh, I, I actually did physically assault one of my players one time, and if he listens to this, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, they, It was in my homebrew. They went on this rescue mission, and they were saving, like, 20 plus people and because they were always asking me like oh what's his name and i was always just struggling so much with it i wrote down a name for all of them they had a relationship with different people back in the town like they had these like intricate backstories that were supposed to like help them care about these people and like actually get them back safe and feel for them and um they just went and like 
they 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 saved them all and we're just walking back and it's like oh yeah whatever whatever and then they start getting chased by these things that were too powerful for them so like two of the town heroes had been sent to like go and help them because they heard like this ragtag group of adventurers just ran after them unprepared and so, like, they get there, and one of them is riding on the back of a velociraptor. <laughs> <laughs> My mistake. Because they've not asked a single name of these 20-plus people, or the name of these two heroes that just showed up to, like, like run interference for the people that were chasing them down, right? And, like, all this crazy stuff is happening, and he's, like, looking at the velociraptor, goes, oh, cool, like, talking to, to the lady that was riding it. And, oh, that's cool. What What's the velociraptor's name? And I literally stood up and just smacked him in the back of the head way harder than I meant to. And he kind of grabbed his head and looks at me and goes, man, there was some heat behind that one. And I was like, yeah, I feel a little bit bad, but how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> it's came like, up with all these names, these backstories, and you asked me the one I didn't come up with. <laughs> I feel like in that moment he knew what he did, and it was just like <laughs> no, because he told me later he was like, I had no idea you had like mentioned that you came up with all these names and like intricate things, and I figured like, oh, he definitely came up with something for the Velociraptor. Like, what's the Velociraptor's name? And it was the one thing <laughs> that I had like I I put him in there because it was a mount for this character. His name is Boopy. I would have just said something <laughs> random like Chorizo. Shut up. Let's go. <laughs> well, and it, it just goes to show that you can plan every single detail, or think that you plan every <laughs> single detail, and then it will not survive first contact with the players. Like, yeah. As soon as they get to your plan, it all goes to hell. Like <laughs> I, I've seen Matt Mercer rip some pages before. <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've actually not watched Critical Role. I listen to the Unexpectables, and you definitely hear. She's like, "Well, I guess I'm just gonna throw that entire notebook in the trash." <laughs> and I just started laughing because I've done that before. <laughs> it's just like, oh, well, there goes that encounter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're coming to a close, but uh, we wanted to uh, bring back this uh, this segment of. Wrong voiceover. Uh, it was a game we played a couple episodes ago, and uh, we really liked it. And so, <laughs> and in part because we came up with the idea for this game at the table. Yes, at, at the table, uh, playing D and D. We're like, okay, let's uh, let's do this voice and weird weird line. It's like, okay, this would be a good fun game. All right? This could be a party. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna. We're going to jump back into this game, um, and who would like to go first? I would say Blake go first, because he's the best of us. I know he He just did Nose Ghost, and nobody else did. Nobody else did. It's you. (laughs) (laughs) See, I figured we could go with... My thought process was we start with Blake, because it's all downhill from there. (laughs) Come on, I did pretty good last time. <laughs> That's why I'm saying yeah. downhill. It's not just a sudden drop. That, that, that uh, Smeagol okay. last time was pretty stinky, oh, yeah. I have to fun. admit. <laughs> All right, so here is the first one. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> good reaction. So the voice that I'm doing is Shrek. <laughs> oh. And the line... That's not too far off from Logan's voice. No, no, my, my second character is... Uh, is Scottish, so... He's a bit of a Scotsman. <laughs> oh, boy. 
No uh, kilt though, David. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so the uh, the movie line is from Princess Bride. <laughs> um, and it's actually from the main character. It's uh, it's Wesley. So, uh, all right. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna actually replace one word just because it's more fun. <laughs> uh, life is pain, donkey. Anyone who says differently is selling something. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well done. Well, well done. done. Right, to we'll, the guest. We'll we'll go clockwise. Okay. <laughs> so. Blake is up next. He's picking out his voice. <laughs> and you guys talked me up so much, and this is one voice that I literally, I've, I like, I, I had a conversation about this last time. You can't do do it because your With, wife doesn't like it. Or? No, 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 no. I because because uh, Chadwick got this one last time, and I had a conversation with him about it, where I was like, "Oh yeah, dude, that's not one that I can do, even kind of." <laughs> Well, that's the whole fun of this game. Is is uh... so I got a I got a character from last time and a quote from last time. <laughs> so I got Kermit the Frog, and of course it is a line from Forrest Gump. Ah, <clears throat> okay, all right. Nothing guttural. <laughs> it's not guttural. It's in the like back of the throat. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's not quite guttural. Yeah, it's not guttural. It's like it's... back top of the throat, like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think why are there so many (laughs) (laughs) well you know mama always said life was like a box of chocolates you never really know what you're gonna get and for our very special guest star Caleb (laughs) so I got Bane for the character (laughs) Ah, there we go <laughs> Quack! Barry <laughs> Engel eat much? Huh? Barry Engel eat much? Alright, so I got Bane <laughs> as the voice in a Star Wars quote. I believe in you, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> yes, never tell me the odds. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I believe in you, Dad. <laughs> Thanks, son. Oh, boy. Grabbing this one because I didn't see any of the text of it. <laughs> All right, so voice it's Krillin. I'm going to assume DBZA. <laughs> Always. I feel like I got the same quote last time. <laughs> you did. It's definitely possible because we draw, mixed draw them a different quote. Yeah, we, yeah, you can. Nah, it's all right. Whatever. <clears throat> it's and again, way, it's all the way up here. Yep. Yeah. So wait, yep. it's all Who the way up it? here. Huh? It's Krillin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quack! Yeah, yep. it's, it's all the way up here, David. <laughs> all right, I'm going to, again, I'm going to substitute word on this one. Remember, Gohan. Ah, yeah, it's awful. It's tough, right? That's like, when I had that one, I just slipped into Mickey without even thinking about it. And like, there, I, once I started, I was like, I don't know how to fix this. We're here. We're doing this live. Like, All right, we're trying this again. Remember, Gohan. With great power comes great responsibility, and I'm just going to run away while you try to dodge. (laughs) 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 The line is from the character. Switch that out. Yeah, yeah. redraw. Which one is? No way. Whichever one you want to redraw. So, Dan, you're up. (laughs) Oh, no. 
<laughs> so I got Lord Super Kamiguru. <laughs> Doing I, love, the, I the, love this voice. It's amazing. I've never heard Dan now. do it. There you go, now. So, <laughs> so the, the line is also from Princess Bride. <laughs> I think it works a little too well, actually. Take his count. <laughs> Knowledge. <laughs> Knowledge is what brings us together today. Now, that blessed arrangement, that dream wife in a dream. <laughs> Be a real dick move if I died right now. <laughs> So, so now, of course, that I've talked up Dan's Smeagol voice, uh, that is who I drew. So now I have to <laughs> now I have to compete with Dan. Oh boy! And uh, I have a um, Lion King quote here. So, just give me a moment. <coughs> Gotta not, get in there. I've, I've not done a Smeagol in a while. <laughs> He's got to put on his ring first. <laughs> You see, the past can hurt, but the way we see it, you can either run from it, or you can learn from it. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. That one worked really well. (laughs) So real fast, I think we we have to brag on 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 our buddy here. Um, He actually did get an offer to apply for Juilliard. <laughs> no, not Juilliard. No, New York Film Academy. Oh, that was it. Still. Different. Still, okay. that's that's impressive. Yeah. That's stinking but, amazing. But, but even with the scholarship, it was way too expensive. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'd, um, I'm Poe. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be an interesting one. I've got Stitch and a line from Finding Nemo, and I <laughs> don't know that I've ever tried Stitch's voice. So this is It's, it's kind of like Smeagol a little bit, just without the... means family. There you go. I shall call him Squishy, and he shall be mine, and I shall be my Squishy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the line works a little too well with the character. It does. It really does. It's kind of terrifying, really. <laughs> now you just wonder if it's one of the fat people that Lilo took pictures of. <laughs> All right, we got time for one put more, it, David. Put it back. Uh, bring it home. So I've got yellow M&M. Um, <laughs> but... Doing a line from a few good men. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that voice shouting. Oh, J.K. Simmons, I'm so sorry. <laughs> J.K. Simmons? Yes, the yellow M&M is voiced by J.K. Simmons. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, that's who that is. I drew that and I was like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> okay. He also plays uh, uh, Jonah Jameson in Spider-Man. Yep. You ain't never seen Seriously? Any of them? I saw the Tobey Maguire ones. Then you've I saw, seen it. 
I saw one of the dude. It was years ago. <laughs> I saw one of the Amazing Spider-Man, and I've seen one of the Tom Holland ones. Okay, let me put it this way: the guy has been J. J. Jonah Jameson in every iteration since the nineties. Mm. No, he hasn't been in. Uh, he wasn't in Amazing Spider-Man. That's right. They didn't even have him. Nope. You're right. Good catch. Never mind. Now, just for people, before you yell at me, that's not for lack of desire. I do love Spider-Man and Marvel as a whole. Yes, David, I know you think I'm a heretic for that, but (laughs) it's because I have a three-year-old and it's hard to see movies. Fair. Got it. Uh Yep. All right. You can't handle... Oh, God, that was... No, No, no. you got it. You got it. You got it. Come on. Oh, that was King of the Hill. When you start to use that voice, it's kind of like that moment when you're bowling, and as soon as you let go of the ball, you're like, nope, that's not going to work. You just just got to go for it and commit to it. Yeah, just commit, dive in, and if it doesn't go how you want it, we still love you. Thank you, boy, I'll tell you what. Thank God, Dang it, Bobby, if you weren't my son, I would hug you. Bring it home, David. Bring it home. You got this, buddy. You can't handle the truth. Oh, God. (laughs) God. All right, I'm going now. I have very limited range on voices. (laughs) Again, the fun of the game. Yes. I mean, if, if, if we were all good at them... Like even even the first one I did was bad. Like if we were all good at all of them, then there would be no point and no fun to doing it. <laughs> right. There'd still be a lot of fun in it. <laughs> it kind of goes back to that uh, that uh, that one Reddit post about uh, the ideal Dungeons and Dragons movie would have to be with the Muppets. Oh yeah, no, that would be fantastic. I would watch that. For for the D and D movie that they are making, I still love the joke that they're saying that they need to get somebody. Um, like playing a character and that character needs to die like very early on and then be there in the next scene as a completely different character. <laughs> they should do that and have Sean Bean just die in every single oh, different no! characters since he's died so many times. Just lean into it and have some fun with it, right? That would be great. I'm down. Oh, man. Unfortunately, I don't I mean, think he's been cast in it. He's been killed off in so many movies. Just let him have fun and like die 12 times in one movie. And, and get to play all very drastically different yeah. characters. Yeah. And, then, and then the one that survives is literally just the person that wrote Junior on their fighter's character sheet. <laughs> there to avenge their father. That would be so funny. I'm down. <laughs> Wizards of the Coast, get on it. (laughs) I'm still still in love with the whole Muppets idea. Mm. It's Miss Piggy playing a barbarian, which ends up being Rock, (laughs) voiced by Miss Piggy. (laughs) That'd be so funny. (laughs) That's on the similar... the eyebrows. Eyebrows. That's on that level of Brad Pitt playing the Invisible Man in Deadpool <laughs> Two, just for three seconds of screen time. Like, yep, that's beautiful. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's time to wrap it all up here. Um, so to uh, to close out today's episode, just remember, don't roll a nat twenty in life. No, 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 do. Not one, sorry. There you go. Don't roll a nat one in life. He rolled a nat one on that sentence, folks. (laughs) Roll a charisma check. (laughs) Nat one. Uh, (laughs) Dark inspiration, here you go. Should should have had had dice in here for you to roll. (laughs) Dang, nabbit. (laughs) 
Well, we can cut that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> <laughs>